Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special live edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. As you can see, we have three windows here on this late night following the first day of the 2023 NFL Draft. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me here in the various panels, a one Mr. Brian E. Roach. What's up, Brian? Sleep. Yeah. I'm asleep. Well... <laughs> We'll go to the young whippersnapper here that he's, he's full of piss and vinegar this late at night. I might be too. I might need like a, I, I can't drink coffee or I'll be up all night, <laughs> but Zach, what's going on, man? Uh, did you, um, uh, partake in any adult beverages this evening? Uh, yeah. Coffee would have been a good call. That would have been a really smart move at this point because I'm already, I was just thinking, I wish I was as tired as Brian. Now I'm all, I'm all jacked up from the draft. So I, uh, I'm hoping being on with you two fellas will help bring me back down to earth. Yeah, back down to earth. Let me ask you, how you feeling about uh, how, uh, tonight? Just in general, so far, feel good about the Steelers and the draft so far? You asking me or Brian? Ah, you know what? It doesn't matter. Whoever. <laughs> We're winging I mean, yeah, it here. I, I'm, I'm excited for sure. I know that uh, the haters wanted you to think that I didn't want to tackle in the first round, but I've been very on board with tackle or corner being the first pick for like the past month, I want to say. So I saw the writing on the wall and I always maintain that I wanted them to get either Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, or Broderick Jones. If they were going to take one in the first round, they were able to get Broderick Jones. And uh, also I thought they wouldn't have to trade up for a tackle, which I was wrong about again, but that's because I didn't think Darnell Wright would go at 10. That's not my fault. No, yeah. that was a, that was a surprise to me too. I didn't think Darnell Wright was going to go that high. Um I'm 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 very happy that they ended up with Broderick Jones. Um I'm also thrilled that they didn't have to give up that much to move up to get him. Uh you know, it, certainly I mean, coming away with Broderick Jones and still having 32, 49 and 80 that's a win to me, um, you know, especially as we're going to talk about the way the rest of the board has fallen. <laughs> yeah, I was selling myself on, oh, I hope they can maybe package 32 and 17 to move into the top 10. Maybe they can package 49 and get up in there. They didn't even have to go near there. <laughs> they traded a, a fourth this year, and I imagine uh, – I don't think they're done with that. I, I, I really think they're still going to try to accumulate uh, a fifth this year and maybe more than that because there there's a big gap between their picks in the later rounds even bigger now for sure yeah yeah i'm totally with you guys i think um one of the biggest surprises actually uh you want to talk about something out of draft day and i had it hold on i had it back here remember i was actually going to put broderick jones or no one else on the on the post it's i i didn't think he was going to be there but you knew he was one of my favorites uh obviously paris johnson but geez and then he was going to be there i thought maybe skaronsky his little like t-rex arms were going to fall down into there and the way the titans took him and the way their depth chart already is i, I saw i already saw slander it's like the Enzers are like oh well i wanted an offensive tackle but not that one and it's like 
you weren't getting Paris Johnson. That was not going to happen. And the Houston Texans, like, what the hell are they doing? And they pulled the draft dead right there. Wow. I, I, joined before. I, said, I wish I could experience the euphoria that Texan fans, Texans fans were experiencing in that 20 minute window. They've been through a lot. So I guess they've earned it in a sense from the football gods, but what an exciting like 20 minutes to be a part of. That's just like, you have this like endless hope that your team just going to get better and they get their quarterback and uh, arguably the best defensive player in the draft uh, outside of Jalen Carter. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, Jalen Carter and where he was going to go as well. That was pretty interesting. But we talked about this. I don't want to jump around all over the place. I'm going to start just at that top of the draft, too, because you got Bryce Young, you got CJ Stroud, and then uh, the Texans come right back. So the Texans basically, they kind of cock block everyone by saying, okay, we're going to take a quarterback. We're taking Stroud here, too. Okay, Arizona. Your phones are dead. No one's calling you right now. Uh, you know, this is what we're going to offer you. And if you're Arizona, you're like, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, they, they got an extra first round pick next year out of them for that. I think it's a little rich, but they must have felt really good about Anderson and felt good about trying to get back into this. Anthony Richardson going fourth to the Indianapolis Colts. I felt that was, I don't know, maybe a little surprising just because then Will Levis falls completely out of the first round, and we'll talk about that in a little right. bit as well. Somebody somebody yeah. said that would happen. I don't remember who oh. who who was that that said that would happen? I would have joined Brian in the pool for this victory lap because I was not sold on Will Levis in the slightest. I uh, Coming from someone who lost a lot of money on college football this year, I would often take Kentucky and they never won me any money. And Will Levis was in there, and I know that he played hurt in this and that, but I was never sold on that kid. And uh, he could prove me wrong for sure, but him falling this far, I guess to the second round is a little surprising to me, but it's not that surprising to me because I didn't think he was uh, in the same class as the guys who've gone so far. Yeah. Uh, Will Levi Strauss, forget it. Levi, Levi Strauss, Strauss is out. He's out. Hendon Hooker might go before him. Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be something, you know, um, but continuing on the draft board here as well. Um, and I'm seeing some of our live chat as well. Go ahead and leave some of those comments in there. Most of them already pretty positive. So this is always a good thing. Uh, Devin Weatherspoon fought number uh, fifth overall Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that was, I was like, okay, yes, that's a guy that wasn't, you know, not that I would not be unhappy with most of the players that were taken before the Steelers were on the clock, but there's a certain realistic expectation of who's going to be there. And I think I, I was doing that with every yeah. pick too, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, it's another one. That's another one. <laughs> every single pick that came through, I was like, didn't want him. Didn't want him. Yeah, you should see my text messages with my uh, with my cousin about that. I'm like doing the math and then figuring out like uh, which players are still there and still doing that here for 32. That's going to be effectively later today now uh, as we're into the wee hours of the Friday morning uh, for day two of the NFL draft. But continuing on, uh, Paris Johnson, sixth overall. So the Cardinals get back in, yep. <laughs> right back into play. Paris Johnson. Tyler Murphy is wish. Uh, Ty Tyree Wilson to the Raiders, Bijan Robinson to or Bijan, I believe I've been saying it wrong. I think it's like mustard. Uh, Atlanta Falcons eighth overall, and they have what Tyler Algier or whatever. That uh, I was like, whoa, like that would kind of surprised me. Uh, Jalen Carter finally to the Eagles at nine. 
who, you know, the Bears moved around on that pick enough. <laughs> uh, they did can move. We just called the Eagles the Georgia Bulldogs now. Is that what we can just do? <laughs> Pretty much. But, I mean, how many people, have, uh, seriously, besides Georgia's put how many players into pros? How many first-rounders did they have last year? That was like a yeah. dozen. <laughs> like half, They're like doing half that the thing round. that, like, uh, guys sit around their couch saying, like, oh, if I ran an NFL team, I would just draft the best college team from roster up to down and they're doing that in real life with the Georgia Bulldogs. People used to say it about Alabama and now it's Georgia. Yeah. Ohio state puts a lot of them out there too. Clemson, of course, when they're in the mix for a college uh, national title, Darnell Wright. So that was your first surprise. You said uh, at 10 real surprise other than the trades. And yes, that's a good point. We're getting there about Gonzalez. Cause I texted Zach at one point and I said, Oh, He's coming. He's coming. I remember I said on one of these shows, I was like, I was targeting 12. I was like, dude, the Lions want to move back again. And nobody wants this pick. It was Cleveland via Houston and Arizona. And so Darnell Wright, 10th, Peter Skaronsky, 11th to the Tennessee Titans. Now, this is where it gets interesting because you have three tackles off the board according to their labeled position, right? Yeah. And I already saw some of that jazz about, like I was saying, every year it's, we want an offensive tackle. No, not that one. Oh, you took the fourth best tackle. How many times did we say Darnell Wright is going to be a right tackle? You know, 100%. rest yep. in peace to Tevin Jenkins, who was penciled in that slot previous. Yeah, that, that shocks me about the kickback about Broderick Jones, because I definitely thought that if they were going to take a tackle that people would be like upset about in any way, it would be Darnell Wright because of the right tackle thing or Skaronsky because of his uncertainty of where he's going to play. A lot of people think he'll play guard. So I, I didn't think, I thought Broderick Jones was a pretty safe bet to make everybody happy, but that that's my own fault for thinking that Steeler fans and Yinzers everywhere would be content with a pick. But I mean, I think it's out of the park and you're talking to a guy who I, I was hoping so bad for Christian Gonzalez. I, I was on my hands and knees. I like I, if you could have taken a video of me, I was very animated watching those picks as he wasn't being picked. Then we traded up. We had her shot at him. Like it was right there. We could have taken him if we wanted to, but I'm happy about the pick. I really am. You got to protect Kenny franchise guys, a plug and play starter. Um, no sacks last year. I don't know how you can really be upset about the pick. sec played against the best competition, NFL competition. Like they're really no off the field issues. He's six, six, almost. There's really nothing. I don't understand the people that are upset about it. It's probably because they fans, in my experience, they get upset because they dig their heels in the sands and they get their minds fixated on one or two particular players. And then when they don't get them, it's all ho hum begum. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say this. If we'd have taken Darnell Wright at 17, don't trade up. People would have complained. If we'd have taken Paris Johnson and had to trade up at nine, people would have complained. If we had, if we took Skaransky, people would have complained. It didn't matter which one we took. The other ones were always going to be the one we should have taken. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with Roger Jones. I'm very yeah. happy with the pick. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Let me continue on because actually that's where I wanted to kind of jump to because with the rest of this board right before the Steelers make this swap at 14 with the New England Patriots, Let's see here. Um, so Skaronsky, oh, by the way, the Titans, they signed, uh, what was it, Andre Dillard 
and he's already on the, uh, he's already a left tackle and then they already have a right tackle that they had drafted last year i think third round uh you know higher than a top 100 pick so where do you think Skaronsky's going to play that's going to be interesting to watch that's kind of the point of when you get to Broderick Jones here we're talking about left tackle is that the need the Steelers have now there's there was some chatter about well, you know, he could compete with a core four or more. That might be true. They might test that out. But let's be honest here. Who's the real Who's the real weak link that we're looking at here? Probably Dan Moore, right? You're looking at a left tackle. You're looking at a guy who's been playing left tackle, not a guy who's been, has his success, Darnell Wright, on the right tackle, or Skaronsky, a guy. They said it. I was listening to, I don't know which um, Beat you guys were on. I had all three going, but I had the audio going for ABC, which is interesting because it's ABC and ESPN, same company. And but there's two different crews, and they actually don't even use the same highlight clips between the two, which is crazy. You're watching them, and it's not like you're watching the same thing uh on all three screens. But uh I'm not sure who said it. Might have been Herbie, Kirk Herb Street, or somebody that was on there. And they had mentioned that if uh Skaronsky plays guard, they feel he'd be a Hall of Fame level guard. I mean this guy hasn't taken a snap yet in the NFL. I I really hate hearing stuff like that. But it really looks like that's where it's going. So when you look at it in that aspect Broderick Jones is the next left tackle. Now let's see what uh, who ends up drafting next before the Steelers uh, with this whole thing with the trade. So Skronsky, Jameer Gibbs to the Detroit Lions, 12th overall. That was surprising to me. Lucas yeah. Van Ness to the Green Bay Packers, 13. Then the Steelers make the trade with New England. 15, New York Jets, Will McDonald, which the professor who might be who might be joining us tomorrow, Brian. Uh, Zach oh, nice. Mickler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure because I got to see if the flash is going to be around. I heard he was going to be on a bender. So <laughs> I'm going to the stage AE draft party. Dude. That's right. I'm That's right. Oh, you're going to be at the draft party? Yeah, you're What's out up? of commission. You're out of commission. Maybe you're going to be there? Unless you're back. Yeah, early. yeah. Me and my buddy are going and his dad. Nice. So we'll maybe we'll figure out a way to get four windows up. Maybe we'll crash. We'll break this thing like your uh, the PFF mock draft simulator, Brian. <laughs> I can go live from the party. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, I'll retweet that. Uh, so, Will McDonald, Iowa State, goes to the Jets at 15. Commanders take Emmanuel Forbes. I was like, that, whoa. I was surprised by that. Yes. That's Not that I think Emmanuel Forbes is again. bad, but, man, that felt that felt early, uh, considering who, who they didn't take, right? Yes. I mean, Banks is there, Porter's there. Gonzalez. Forbes. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what I think. I think that Sauce Gardner effect because Sauce Gardner is a really slim dude. His weight was a big concern, and he got Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I think it's a domino effect and a copycat kind of thing where maybe if he doesn't have such a good rookie season, they're not comfortable taking Forbes in the first round because he's one sixty six, you know, soaking wet. That's a real frail frame to play in the NFL. But I think maybe uh, because of Sauce Gardner's success last year, they thought, oh well, he could do it. So. Yeah, so the reason I bring this up and speaking of the Yenzers and the hot takes and everything else, let's bring up our boy Andrew Filipponi from the fan in Pittsburgh. What would you have done? Traded up for Broderick Jones, give up a fourth, or stayed at 17 and picked Christian Gonzalez and kept fourth? I think this is a really bad take because I don't think either of them, Jones or Gonzalez, last to 17 if the Steelers don't make that move. The Steelers are on foam. Omar Khan, slick guy as he is, Bill Belichick, hey, do you really want the Jets to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers? No. So we're not looking to take a corner. 
they're not going to take a corner either because they have Sauce Gardner. One of your guys is going to be there in a couple of picks. Why, why don't you? We'll give you 120 and we'll do this. Okay, deal. So they move up. They get Jones because the Jets were looking at a tackle. There's oh, absolutely very much question marks as, as to whether or not they would take him. Professor said that was a panic pick for McDonald, by the way. That was his opinion. And Gonzalez would have just went to the Patriots at 14, I think. Uh, could have also Every went to reaction the reaction has an immediate reaction, mm-hmm. especially with the draft. So to get upset about like, oh, well, they could have just stayed there and taken this guy. If the trade is like more than two picks apart, you have no idea. What's going to happen there? And the Steelers, boom, three picks apart, 17 to 14. So you really don't know what was going to happen there. This guy was going to be be available or that guy was because you're right. When the team picks a certain guy, things change. Correct, Mundo. And that's just one of the big things. So uh, we'll talk about the rest of the draft board here maybe in a moment. Let's talk about Broderick Jones. We were already talking about some of the big things with him. Uh, one of the ones that we pulled up, uh, Mike DeFabo, uh, DeFabo. Sorry, Mike. Don't know. Uh, just look him up. It's on the screen here at Mike DeFabo. <laughs> it's too late to be figuring this stuff out. 32 games at Georgia, 19 starts. Broderick Jones had exactly zero holding penalties, only one false start. So disciplined football from him. Uh, we had the RS, RAS score somewhere here. I know I just sent it to you a little bit ago there. That stands for... Zach. That stands for really athletic score. Yes. Uh, does it? <laughs> it's something like that, but there it is. Relative athletic score. Um, but oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Was that really just two a out guess? Of three. <laughs> hey, if we get two out of three here in the top 50, Steelers will be doing good too. So just keep it going. Uh, 9.57. This is at Math Bomb. They always put out these really cool uh, numbers and statistics. So from 1987 to current. Time 1,294 offensive tackles graded. Uh, Broderick Jones ranks 56th out of nearly 1,300 offensive tackles since they've been uh, since they've been doing this, or at least as far back as they go with this, as far as athletic traits. And if you see pretty, that, pretty good. Look at that speed grade for an offensive tackle considered elite. There, uh, size is okay. We can work on size though. Height you can't really work on. Weight we can work on. And explosion, good vertical, broad jump. Uh, but how you, tall is he listed at? Because I thought that he was listed at uh, like six five and a half. Uh, I could find out in a second here because but that's not like exactly short for a tackle. Am I wrong? No, I don't think oh. so at all. Basically I mean, six six. You might like some. Uh, Mike Tomlin might like some of his mountain men, but where's it at? Yeah, six five three eleven. So you know. So I mean, like with cleats on, that's six six. That works enough. Yes. There you go. So, uh, what was I going to say here? Uh, coming back around to this. So that was one of the uh, one of the statistics. I think you mentioned already, uh, Zach. And I for, forgive me if I'm repeating it again, but he did not allow. Broderick Jones did a single sack and 445 uh, pass blocks and pass protection last season. Zero sacks, zero penalties. Like, is yeah. that good? I'm not an offensive lineman guy, but is that good? Zero sacks, zero penalties. Uh yeah. Um I would figure, yeah. 
I mean, you've got high quality offensive play, offensive tackle play there. High quality analysis here too. Yes, very good. So yeah, you know what? I was, I was, I was on the Gonzalez train because I really feel that he's a great talent, and I I knew Belichick wasn't going to let him go. That just feels like one of their moves. They need like somebody that can play like elite corner play. But we talked about this all the way through the process. Like, which position do they pass on? Can they boomerang back around to the other? So which one can they let go and come back to? And we felt the corner class was a little bit deeper, even though I mocked Joey Porter in my first mock draft. I did mock, I mocked Skaronsky just because I thought maybe he might fall due to the same reasons. Can he pick it? Small hands, things like that. I just wasn't, these mock drafts, of course, they're stupid to begin with, but we're we're using them. We're counting on people that are supposed to be smarter than us to create these big boards. And Roger Jones just wasn't there, but I also made mention in the article and just I'm patting myself on the back here, right? And it's like, well, if Roger Jones slips, okay then. But we look at the rest of the NFL draft here, right? And we'll talk about how Jones well, let's talk about Jones one more second before we get back to this. Let, Brian, I'll kick it over to you first, my friend. Do we put do we do we see Jones as a week one starter either side on the offensive line? I don't think they draft him to not be an eventual starter. And I don't think offensive line is a position where you want to plug somebody in six weeks in, like you know, Kenny in the Jets or something like that. I, I I'm gonna tell you, he's gonna have the opportunity to take Dan Moore's job. I think um that's that's where he's 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 going to be targeted, uh, and then it's going to be a battle to determine who ends up being the right tackle, um, and and who ends up being depth. Or you know maybe 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 you know once somebody moves, but I, I think that they they needed they need they needed tackle depth anyway. So, yep. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I, I think the same way as Brian here. He gets to compete for the. I I don't know. He's necessarily as a rookie handed it, but. It's going to be almost handed. <laughs> yeah, Brian nails it. He does a great job for once. But I really do think that he'll start by week one because they traded up for him, number one. And his talent level already, like even without seeing camp competition, is probably about there, if not better, of Dan Morris at a level. So I feel confident in playing him right away. I called him a plug-and-play guy. In talking about him in the past, about how basically the top three tackles in this draft, I thought were all plug and play, and arguably Skaronsky too, if you want to call him a tackle. So yeah, I think he plays right away. I don't think there's much of a point in waiting to play him unless he has a setback or not a good preseason or camp, which I don't see happening. Maybe, maybe if they didn't trade up for him, I would understand or hear an argument that well he has to earn it, or maybe they won't rush him out there. I think they're going to put him out there right away. And I think it's for the better of the team, honestly. So I'm excited for them to do that too, because at the end of the day, all I've been saying with this draft and usually most of the drafts, but this year for sure, I've said with the first two to three picks, four, if we're lucky, I just want them to play and contribute as rookies a lot, you know, and that assumably that's not a word, but it, it presumably <laughs> means that the first and second round pick will, will start and the third guy will get a lot of time. So that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I think they're getting right now with their first round pick checked off the board is Jones should start right away. And uh, that'll help them get the ball rolling with their next pick. And hopefully that guy contributes in a heavy fashion too. For once, 
for once, <laughs> for once, look, I give you nothing but love, and I get this, I get this vitriol. What the hell? <laughs> for once, dog. Hey, we got to put think the vitriol. We got to throw what you say when I'm not around, man. <laughs> it's not true. I... Hey, Brian was actually listening to the last few shows, so we have to be careful now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful what we say um yeah i've so, never said anything yeah. i always say good things about you because i love you my brother oh geez <laughs> somebody somebody named oh, after a, a great steelers quarterback just made a great take here a mark malone is the guy the kendrick green of left tackles no no are you are you nuts <laughs> kendrick green was a third round pick they were hoping they could shoehorn in as uh, so, as they've done in the past taking somebody that's a guard that's an athletic guard and maybe smaller than some other centers and they can make them like a pulling center and it didn't work out. Uh, it just wasn't to be, he's not a guard either in the NFL. That butterfly so. effect. That, I think that, that led comment to the, uh, is the discussions about drafting a guy early for offensive line instead of relying on Dan Moore and Kendra green, third and fourth round pick absolutely. that may have been brought up in discussions before this draft went down. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say that is a, 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 comment worthy of the name mark malone <laughs> i'm really sorry if your parents named you after him <laughs> yeah, that guy said that a girly voice so Who said that mark malone he said that a girly voice yeah said that i oh. said that well we should maybe because it was like i, I, I don't know before. that's a pretty that's a pretty i don't know i uh, didn't like i don't like the comment right now we only have we only serve positive vibes here sir so it's for singing i'll say that <laughs> yeah ah! I mean, again, you like this comment, Zach. I don't know who I said it with. It might have been with Brian. Kyle Brandt said it the other day. Yeah, up to 69 live viewers. Nice. Um, <laughs> right on the money. I know some people went to bed. And everyone will catch it in the morning after it's gone through its process. But Kyle Brandt had said on Good Morning Football, the NFL draft is like a scratch-off ticket. Scratch -off it ticket. is a lottery. Uh, it's not always going to be a winner. That's just the way it is. You you think, you're like, oh, you know what? This one has the Monopoly guy on it. I'm going to put my couple dollars in and get this because this looks cool, and I think I could win because if I get three gift boxes that match, then I win like $500. Well, it doesn't always work out that way, unfortunately. So, uh, But Broderick Jones, 930 snaps at left tackle last year at 428 in 2021. He has a paltry 9 in 25, so just under 40 snaps playing right tackle in his career. But you know what? Uh, you got the raw talent that's there, and if you're thinking you need an upgrade, this I think was I think this was worth anything that you may have gotten. With the, I, I don't like to poo-poo too much on the fourth round picks. The Steelers tend to find some value there. Sometimes you'll see. We'll see if Kelvin Austin happens to be value. But look at some of the past ones. Dan Moore. Where was Gerald Hawkins taken? Was he a four also? I mean, he yeah, might have been. He was just Shamarco Thomas. Duran Josh Grant. Dodge. Oh, God. Yeah. Dosh Dobbs. <laughs> I mean, we've got uh, some like, some, and then you got like, you know, Cam Sutton was, maybe he was the comp pick or James Conner was. So somebody was like a late three. They, that they been both in that were range. thirds. Conner yeah. was, was comp pick. Yeah. Was it Martavius? Yeah. Was it Martavius? Yeah. Martavius, Martavius was. Four. Yes. Yeah. So 420. Yeah. So you're, you're taking oh, gambles. You're <laughs> taking gambles. If you're going to take a gamble. So who do you take then? At 17, if Gonzalez and Jones are then gone, I because I'm I'm sold on the fact that Gonzalez would have went to the Patriots, 
Jones would have went to the Jets. Uh, Jets were you know, just what else, like, too, I picked up on uh, was that no other tackle went till pick 27. So there were 13 picks in between when we picked Robert Jones and the Jacksonville Jaguars picked Anton Harrison. So yeah. that tells you there was a clear drop-off in the top three tackles in the rest of the class because if there was a fourth guy or fifth, depending on Skaronsky, if there was a fourth guy who was viewed as a top guy, he would have went shortly after Broderick Jones. Oh, Wasn't the yeah. case. So another indicator that the Steelers made the right call going up and getting, you could say, an elite tackle in this draft. Yeah, and they still have a chance to maybe pick up an elite corner where we'll talk about who else ended up going because right after Gonzalez at 17 where the Steelers were originally slated, New England Patriots, Christian Gonzalez, corner, Oregon. We thought maybe he'd be the top corner in this class, but hey, even Emmanuel Forbes went ahead. So it's interesting to see how teams evaluate different players, for, especially for needs. It's not a blanket statement. Maybe Forbes is a better fit for Washington and what they're looking to do with their defense. But I was um, very, yeah, I know. It might be Captain Obvious that the, that the Steelers needed to get ahead of the Jets, but not for everyone. That's why we're mentioning it here. Uh, there's a guy on Pittsburgh local radio, 93.7, the fan that doesn't get it, okay? And I'm sure several of his <laughs> colleagues don't either. So we have to spell it out for some of the folks who broaden their horizons and just don't listen to us. Uh, we, we know there's a lot of smart two percenters that listen to us out there. So uh, where was I at? Uh, Jack Camel to the Detroit Lions. Hi. Don't, don't hurt me. I, hurt had me. That, I had that sick it feeling. I had that sick feeling, though, man. I had that sick feeling that he can go late. I thought Buffalo, man. I really did. So I was did I. Like, yeah. I was really oh, I was People concerned. in Pittsburgh would have been pissed if he was the first-round pick, dude. You know that. Oh, no. I didn't want him at 17. No question oh, okay, about okay, that. Okay. Don't. Let's be clear. I, Jack Campbell was my 32 or my 49, 100% of the time. And right at that, at yeah, that I, I've if they don't trade 49, I have that pegged for maybe uh, Trenton Simpson or yeah. uh, one of those guys. And if if he were there, yep. but I I feel like I, I was surprised he went as early as he did. Like absolutely, I I, I, I love the guy, but I did not see him. Actually, I didn't see him even being a first round pick. That's so. such a Dan Campbell pick, though, man. Yeah, Campbell. yeah. I mean, I was um, uh, look. Were they related? <laughs> yeah, right. It's probably his kid. Nepotism. Right? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I know, and it's like right after where the Steelers would pick, like Christian Gonzalez, boom, Jack Camel. It's like, ah, double, like they're punching both of your nads. Like, up, oh, got the left one, now got the right one, ball tap. So, Kalaja can't see uh, 19th. I'm like, is this where Will Levis drops? And everyone was kind of thinking, and it's like, nope, they went with a defensive tackle. So, yeah, Jack Campbell would have looked good. Someone's mentioning that, That's by the a way. Steal, I think. I think Cancy's going to be a good ball player. Yeah, Mark Malone's laughing, so he gets a joke. So good, thank you for being a good spirit. Then the run on wide receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was still there to the Seahawks at 20. Quentin Johnson, uh, 21st overall to the Los Angeles Chargers. Zay Flowers, 22nd to the Baltimore Ravens, who just officially blew the future of their entire salary cap on a one Lamar Jackson. Unless they structure it like Jalen Hurts with a void year at the end that's uh 96 million dollar dead cap hit <laughs> well, what was it, what was the guaranteed number that came out like 180 uh, 185 something? i think yeah 
For for Lamar, I didn't see yeah. the full thing, but wasn't it like two sixty overall? Over two sixty like, overall, yeah, but like one eighty five guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they they're gonna give him weapons. Maybe the new OC. Maybe they maybe he could throw the ball to them. I don't know. Uh, they're gonna need somebody. I don't think Odell plays a full seventeen game schedule. And uh, the Ravens are like the Steelers in many ways. Steelers can't draft corners. And the Ravens can't draft wide receivers. You could name a long list of them that have like washed out. And here we are again. And I, I hate to say it because I do like Zay Flowers. I like Zay Flowers a lot. We'll see what happens. Um, Jordan Addison, the other darling, over to the Vikings. Man, the Vikings got a good one. The pair with Justin Jefferson, that looked good. Giants surprise us. They go and they make a trade, a swap with the Jacksonville Jaguars for Maryland's Deontay Banks, who a lot of us also mocked to the Steelers. But just we even maybe had Banks at 17 originally here in the first round. Oh, yeah. So, um, Dalton Kincaid goes to the Bills. That was a pretty cool pick. I like that for them. I like it because it screwed the Cowboys. Uh, not only screws the Cowboys, but a tight end off the board means another corner just slides closer to 32. Yep. Keep on drifting down there, fellas. Uh, Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys. Looked like Jerry Jones and them. They were having the same kind of like uh, F, 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 F kind of reaction. I thought they would the take Jets Michael were. Mayer because he looks like Jason Witten. <laughs> just based. Yeah. That, I, that sound logic, though. Like They're the same kind of player. Yeah. So I, I just... Um, yeah, somebody's like the Ratbirds mortgage the future. Boy, did they ever. They can't afford anybody. But they, they still have draft picks. They didn't give that up. But whew, quarterbacks are really costing a lot of money anymore. This is where I was kind of surprised. Uh, I had Anton Harrison as my guy. If I went with corner in the first round or went anywhere else, Anton Harrison was almost definitely my pick 32. Kind of like Brian, how you were putting Jack Camel in that category. I had Camel maybe 32 or 49 also, or maybe an inside linebacker. So Anton Harrison would not have made it here. We'd be standing here or sitting here tonight had they taken somebody else, which we probably would have been happy with. But now where's your need? Like what offensive tackle are you going to get? It's not Dewan yeah. Jones. Juan Jones is not who you want. And then the rest of them are kind of probably guys that are, they might get drafted, but it's not, I don't know that somebody now that you're talking about, are they going to well, compete for the job? Week it's one? the same guy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you take, you take another tackle in the fourth round that you've already got that guy. So, you know, this is, this is a step up. I mean, taking a tackle in the first round is a change of, of perspective for this, for this franchise. They don't do that. And, and that's the Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, impact i think and and maybe a change of philosophy if you if you stick to the old school then why would you even bother i mean you already got dan moore you're going to draft another dan moore um yeah you might find somebody you know bergeron might be good but bergeron also got his butt kicked by a bunch of other guys so you know i don't know uh I, this is this is a good a good call i think on their part it's just a different caliber of player doesn't mean he pans out but his athleticism is much greater than anybody we've had at that position in a long time. Maybe yeah. ever. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And to say, and uh, you know, this isn't even like I think Dan Moore's played at a pretty higher, a higher level than a fourth rounder uh, or something yeah. of his draft pedigree has. So it was actually a potential. We mentioned Gerald Hawkins. You know what I mean? There's a guy that was probably never going to see the field for the Steelers. He even came back around after trading him. And he bounced around what to the Texans and the and the Buccaneers and then came back to Pittsburgh and didn't end up keeping a job. So yeah. you know, that's kind of what you're looking at. And some cases, I mean, that's just that's how it falls sometimes. Um rounding out well, it's all fixed now. So 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Rounding out the rest of this draft, you had the Bengals with Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson, New Orleans Saints, Brian Breesey, out of, uh, also from Clemson. And then uh, the Eagles took Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia, and also another potential edge rusher, Kansas City Chiefs at the end of this draft, Felix Anadike Uzoma. Stuck the landing, man. So Nailed at least, it. absolutely. You know, I had these nightmares. All these sleeps before the draft, but I was having nightmares that the Chiefs were going to break my heart at at 31 and leave us hanging. But there's a lot that's sitting there. What do you think, though, when you're looking across the AFC North at Miles Murphy? Um, I mean, I was kind of wondering where the Bengals may end up going in this draft. I wasn't entirely sold on who they might have felt was there a bigger need, but they may have gotten like a top five guy that's going to be an outside linebacker. And I'm also kind of thinking the way that the um, uh, Mike Smith and their family and that role operate the team with the Cincinnati Bengals, they've been not as stingy with money, but Joe Burrow is going to be coming around to a contract soon. I don't think they're going to give money to Trey Hendrickson. Somebody's going to be out the door there uh, or Sam Hubbard. Higgins. So, yeah. Well, yep. Higgins, too. Uh, there's no way they could afford two guys of that caliber. Like, they've already got Tyler Boyd being paid a pretty good uh, uh, sum of money for now as a veteran. He's not going to get another contract like he did already. And they're not going to be able to afford both Chase and Higgins and give a bag to, like, Hendrickson and Burrow and everybody else. It's going to start. It's already starting to kind of domino effect with the way they didn't. We weren't able to keep Bell or Bates. So, but they didn't go safety. They didn't go after Brian Branch. And that's kind of where. We're headed back around, but I just wanted to point out some AFC North news because you got to always be talking about what your opponents are bringing your way. So if they're going to add, speaking of which, yeah, go ahead. I feel like there's a team we didn't talk about. Oh, that's right, because they don't have any picks left. Never mind. Do they? Do they even <laughs> yeah, have a pick? I was just tomorrow? sitting here thinking, like, who'd the Browns take? And I was like, oh, yeah, nobody. I nobody. was making a joke. Uh, there were people that were talking about like, why don't they do the draft in in Pittsburgh? And it's like, well, it'll come around. And it's like, well, they had it in Cleveland. And it's like, well, they're lucky they had it in Cleveland while they still had picks. <laughs> that would have been kind of embarrassing. You would have had like. These hosts that have no first round pick. You would have had like the little. the, the uh, I knew the Macho Man guy. I've told you that before. It was um, somebody's uh, brother that I knew. Um, I knew his sister. And he was like he, the, the Macho fan. And he would have been like naming like the Texans pick, but whoever they traded, like traded the pick to <laughs> instead. Uh, Brown, Browns do not pick until 74. So you can be patient and watch as the Steelers continually make picks in front of you and make better decisions with their franchise. That's okay. I will throw the shade. I love to throw the shade, but I was, I was saying uh, Broderick Jones though, like, okay, Miles Murphy might be a reaction to Broderick Jones. You know what I mean? What, how would you feel if the Bengals take Miles Murphy and they already have Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and company and you didn't take a tackle yet. And now all of a sudden you're panicking because it's like, oh man, this team that's already there, uh, you know, twice in the AFC championship the last two years, back to back. Now they're going to add more pass rushers to come after a second year pro and Kenny Pickett. So I feel a lot better with that Broderick Jones pick than maybe some other people would. You got to kind of think outside the box here. But uh, fellas, best on the board left. Who's the pick tomorrow before we go? Uh, I'm going to tell you the thought before we get into the rest of the list, but the chat has been Joey Porter Jr. the entire way. No here. 
Yeah, no, it's just scrolling, surprised. scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> just scrolling. Bunch it's, of homers. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna push any shame. You know, I'm I'm of that crowd. I I am Joey Porter Jr. is at the top of my list. I really think that it's gonna be hard for them to pass on him at this point. I thought that certainly, almost. You could ask me yesterday what I thought they were gonna do with 32, and reluctantly, I would have told you I thought they're gonna move back based off of what Tomlin has hinted at and based off of what Omar Khan has said. Omar Khan said the other day during the standard video they do on YouTube, we can do some pretty cool things with pick 32. Like, what exactly does that mean, man? And Tomlin was, like, bullish talking about the pick the other day to the media. So I I felt like they were going to trade that pick. But given the circumstance now with Porter Jr. on the board, it might be too hard for them to pass him up. If they don't take him... I think Darnell Washington is a possibility and that may piss some people off, but they did have him in for a top 30 visit. And this would be, I mean, one tight end has gone so far. The next is projected to be either him mayor or possibly Laporta from Iowa. And of that group, we had Washington in for a visit. So I have my eyes on him a bit. I know Joe, he was in your mock draft. So Mm -hmm. I know you as well are probably watching out for him. Ryan too. We we like him. Oh, yeah. He said he's another tackle. He's a tackle. Yeah. It'd be hard to I be, mean he is. He's an ex tackle. <laughs> it'd be hard to be upset about that pick, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we'd help in the run game and the pass game. And yeah. I, I also have center written down any center because all the top centers are available still. And I like Mason Cole. I really do, actually, probably more than most people do. But if they can get the top center in the draft or the second best center in the draft, it why not? You know, why not just build the Great Wall of China for Kenny Pickett? Like, go yeah. all in on the picket fence. If you're going to go tackle, go center two. Um, Tyreek Stevenson is still available. The Miami corner, Julius Brents, the Kansas State corner, Brian Branch, the Alabama safety, and Keely Ringo, the Georgia sa- the Georgia corner. That's my short list, of, like, if you want to call it short, uh, of players that I think are left that have a realistic possibility of being the picket 32, or if they decide to bump back a couple spots, they could probably get a handful of those names still, too. Yeah, I don't mind the bump back idea, but it's got to be like 36 to 40 or something in that range. They can't wait. Yeah, don't go farther than 40. No, all those guys are gone by 49, I think. Yeah. The thing that I I keep wondering about is, you know, and and Zach, you're absolutely right. You know, I think that they are in a unique position and that they knew they were in a unique position with having 32, um, something that they're not used to. There's going to be demand. There's going to be options. But I don't think in a million years they thought Porter was going to be there at 32. Absolutely. I, don't, I just don't think that they that they ever anticipated that happening. I um, did. No, neither <laughs> did I. No. Uh, and e- even as many times as the PFF simulator broke and gave me people like Joey Porter Jr. there or Christian Gonzalez or <laughs> any the of these guys. In the seventh round. <laughs> yeah, in the seventh round. As many times as that happened, I still didn't actually believe this would ever occur. So, you know, I, I think you're, you, you, you know, you said it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be doubly hard. It, somebody's now going to have to make them a deal that they, you know, uh, made me an offer I can't refuse, you know. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, that's it's going to have to be something. There you go. Yeah, see, look at that. <laughs> Christian Gonzalez at 32. Uh, we can keep going too. Well, oh, you yeah. took him in the first round so you could get Jackson Smith and Jigba and then Nolan Smith and 
when yeah, I was Sam walking Laporta them out the other day, like I think that was two days ago, I was doing a rapid fire at my day job. I was like, I had the one after I did like four in a row, the one gave me Gonzalez. And then I think I got Tyree Wilson at 32. I was like, okay, this is going off the rails already. This is so unrealistic. So I just shut it down at that point. Yeah, I have no idea what happened. I mean, uh, I, sometimes I just shut it down when I don't like that it doesn't work the way I want it to, <laughs> which is completely different. Now this is this is baloney. Like I can't do it. Uh, Brian, you had a bunch of those screenshots like that though. You had about like six of them. Every time I did it, I was like, "What? Everybody? Okay, the heck with it." Will Anderson Jr. was available at thirty-two seven times. <laughs> That's uh, it's just it's it is it's insanity. I mean, that's uh, not no, it doesn't nuts. work. So uh, Nolan Smith went pretty pretty late. Went pretty late. I mean, it's it's always funny. I don't think there was too many. I think Jack Campbell was probably the biggest unexpected, and maybe Emmanuel Forbes. I think you're right. Maybe the Steelers didn't um, realize or th didn't think that Joey Porter Jr. would be there uh, in the, at 32. But then again, it's like we were talking about, uh, there was somebody that I, I forgot who it was that tweeted out, well, the Steelers are pretty smart. They only brought in, they only had players visit who they felt would fit in their range and all these players. Like, is this your first year following this? This is like, you, you know what I mean? It's not like they brought in Joe Burrow for a visit or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Panay yeah. Swell or something, you know, a few years ago, top tackles. Like they, they stay within their range for the most part. They have a feel of, maybe there's a dozen guys that are going to be nowhere near that we could sniff. And it just, I don't know. That was just kind of ridiculous. If you ask me, um, do I think Joey Porter, man, I, I think it'd be disappointing for him and his dad and family and stuff. If he wasn't taken at 32 and if they don't take him at 32, I don't think he'll be there at 49. I think it could be a corner. I know you were talking Tyreek Stevenson. Can he last a little longer if they go in a different direction? Are there any defensive linemen that are sitting around there? Uh, I just, I just, I just want to say yeah. Tyreek Stevenson is like my last choice in my list. Okay. Like okay. I, I'm aware to the interest in him, but I have a late second, early third grade on him. If you want to call it that, I wouldn't be thrilled if he was a 32nd pick. I'm more so looking for that to be Porter, a center, um, branch Ringo, but branch sounds good to me. Branch or Porter yeah, branch really would be good. good. That's if they don't take Porter and they want to trade back, they could probably get branch a couple picks later. It's, it's up to them and how, how they view Porter. Honestly, that's what I mean. It's, it's such a tough call and it's such a unique call because number one, having the 32nd pick is new to the Steelers. And now you, you're, you're sitting there faced with a position of need and it's one of your all time players, kids who's good. You know, it's, it's like such a rare thing happening before our eyes. So yeah. that's what throws it off. I really thought if you would, if Porter Jr. wasn't there, I would put all my money on them trading back. But he's the one thing that's making me think they might actually stay put and just make that pick. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody was just mentioning too about the Bengals, didn't they draft some safeties? Yeah. Dex Hill, where they were trying to figure out if Dex, what position Dex Hill is actually going to end up playing in the NFL. He was a little I like position. him coming out, but he didn't do much last year. Yeah, he's a little position agnostic. Well, it's because of Bates and Bell that were out there, but they, the other guy was like a fifth rounder, and then they they signed somebody that wasn't a Nick Scott, not necessarily the biggest free agent name from the Rams. So they're still 
they're probably still in the market for somebody that's in that secondary. You got to look around and see who else might be drafting around you or before you. I think the Bengals are further around the clock unless they move up. Uh, center's kind of an interesting one. Can you wait on that? There's a Steve Avila. Uh, Mason Cole, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, Mason Cole was more than adequate at times. He was graded out pretty high and had a pretty high performance. I didn't see a whole lot of mistakes or penalties or i didn't see him getting pancaked like kendrick green serviceable. Um, yeah serviceable yeah but maybe even more than serv- serviceable it's not C- considering all the centers are available maybe i should pull back on that yeah the 32nd pick but they could probably still get like a top three one at 49 if they still have the 49th pick so that that's something i'm newly open to I, again i'm a mason cole fan but i have only recently began to think maybe they do upgrade center given how the board has fallen and they're all still there right now. It begs the question too. We were talking in the back rooms. Who's the backup center right now? <laughs> yeah. You look at yeah. down. Hmm. Can James Daniels play center? Eh, maybe in a pinch. Um, I'm forgetting this. So there's some other like journeyman guy. That's not Hassenauer Cause he signed somewhere else uh, this off season. So they don't really, uh, they could always maybe get an undrafted guy, but oh, geez, that could be uh, that could be rough in the event of injury. There's not much left in old mother Hubbard, uh, Hubbard's cupboards. So let's see. We were talking about uh, I don't know. I don't. I just like for the edge rushers that may be on the board. I think that would kind of surprise me. I am kind of on the Joey Porter train here. Um, even if you move back a few spots, you could probably still land him if somebody's like Will Levis hungry or they're looking for uh, another player. That fell off here in the uh, first round or didn't make it into the first round. I'm trying. I'm just stretching my brain to think if there's anything. Do you have the board? Be there. Do you have Um, the board sitting there? I have. Let's see. Well, I have the picks. Let me see. Uh, Draft tracker. Who do you want to see, or you just want to see overall? I just want to see what who's who's right behind us because I don't remember the order. Because oh, the I'm absolute old. order. Oh, oh, of course, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, by virtue of the trade with the Houston Texans, are now they could take Joey Porter. So yeah. right behind Lions as well. They could take Joey so, Porter. Yeah, you either take him or he's gone. Yeah, at that point, because both those teams were projecting corners in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're pretty much right. It is risky. They uh, can still trade back. I still think they're going to trade back at some point because I I can't imagine they're not. They love fifth round picks. They don't have any, so they're they're going to fix that at some point. They may not do it at 32 because of the Joey Porter factor, but they may still do it at 49 or uh, 80. Yeah, fourth, fifth, or sixth. So yeah, that's wild. They the, they have to do something there. Yeah, um, <laughs> Mark, not anymore. I'd say it anymore tonight. Uh, <laughs> some people don't. Some people don't like. Uh, oh, somebody's thinking maybe Nate Herbig could play as a backup center. Possibly, possibly. You I, don't, yeah, I was wondering if he, if Herbig was one, and uh, that could maybe fill in. Yeah, we really don't know. We just know it's not going to be Kendrick Green. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't, don't. It's very often that I, not very often that I have a whole lot of anything bad to say when it comes to certain players. But unfortunately, like he, he just doesn't fit the bill, man. I don't know how else to say. I just got tired of seeing him on his butt. Yeah, far too often. And, you know, I made enough excuses for the dude over time. Uh, right behind the Steelers, Colts, Rams. Rams get the pick. They haven't picked, what, first round pick? They, well, they'll probably trade it. 
Yeah. Seven years. Seven. Can you imagine seven years without a first round pick? That is, um, I mean, the Browns will be there soon enough, but that's about it, man. I just, I, I couldn't, I can't, I can't, I can't rationalize with it. Seahawks, Raiders, Panthers, Saints, Titans, Packers of 42, Jets, Falcons, Packers again, Patriots, Commanders, Lions again, then the Steelers. Between those two picks, that's a whole lot of risk if you're not going to take a corner. And the reason I'm only thinking corner, it's not just because it's, you know, Porter Jr. Wallace and Witherspoon, last year of a contract, you don't absolutely have to rush and put somebody in there. But Patrick Peterson is what, going to be 33 years old? What if Witherspoon, Witherspoon has been healthy the last two years. He usually misses a couple of games here or there. Wallace got knocked out. If any of these guys end up in like concussion protocol, you're kind yeah. of a, you're kind of a deep shit for lack of a better term. You're going to have to put James James Pierre back out there and and hope that he's a big play Pierre and not giving up big play Pierre. That's I mean he's an undrafted guy. Great for him. Plays special teams real well. He's earned a roster spot over the years, but you know he's not Darrell Rivas. He's not an island and. I, Wallace really isn't an island either. And is Peterson still going to be able to play to this premium level? Or do you bring in a guy uh, that's, you know, for many people feel would be like a first round pick with Porter. I I, I think it's got to be, or it's got to be branch branch could also help in the secondary as well. We're hoping Casey is fully healthy. I can't count on Keanu Neal as depth and you got Trey Norwood and miles Killebrew. And, and, you know, I don't know what happened to Norwood. Norwood didn't look like a seventh round pick. Is this your quote, Zach? And then he did look like a seventh round pick. There was somebody that said something like that. So uh, sounds right. Yeah. I can't remember. Cause yeah, he had, he had a real, like, I hate saying a, a fall off, but he didn't have as good of a second season as he did as a rookie Trey Norwood. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, you could add on Julius Brents and Keely Ringo Yes. to that conversation as well. If they're not able to get Porter or Branch, Ringo and Brents bring something to the table where they they would kind of fall into a perfect situation in Pittsburgh where a lot of people agree that neither of those guys should be starting week one, but they're both physical specimens with immensely high ceilings. Ringo was a top five high school recruit, runs a 4-3, 6-2, freakish speed and quick twitch playing cornerback for you from Georgia. And then Julius Brents is six, three also runs a four, three. Like these guys had first round projections at one point during the pre-draft process. They're both still there. So if Porter and branch both go, those two guys kind of fit the bill, fit the bill as well as guys that they can bring in and not have to thrust out there right away and play all the snaps. But eventually as a rookie, get playing time. Yeah. Um, who was all left in the green room? You had, Porter was left. Levis. Keon White. Strauss. Keon White. Mm, uh, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. Yeah. So those are four guys that should go early. They could all be targets. Those four, the only one that the Steelers are going to pick is Joey Porter. Yeah, I would would think not White. They're not going to take Will Levis. We took him in the third or the fourth. In the third round, that's different. (laughs) And we also had like 50 picks. 30 visits are important at this point. Very important. Yeah, absolutely. Joey Porter was unofficial, but he was here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he would have been local too, I believe. Anyways, he wouldn't have counted. Hell, against... he grew up here. 
Uh, that, that's <laughs> they, it. They, yeah. They've seen him a million times. Yeah. Right? He was born in a terrible towel. So um, made me forget what I was going to say. Uh, Darnell Washington was a visit, too, and he was a late change. Yeah. Late exactly. Change. Every guy on my list, I'm pretty sure, was a visit here. Yeah. So um, some of the best available that we haven't mentioned, I did say something about Keon White. Uh, Joe Tipman. Eh, I'm not seeing it as far as the offensive lineman. I said Steve Avila earlier, BJ Ujulari, uh Luke Musgrave, another tight end, Cody Mock, Keanu Benton. And I really love Keanu Benton, but I want Keanu Benton not with 32. It would be really nice to see. I, to me, he feels like kind of like a Javon Hargrave type of guy that could be moved around the line. They could use somebody that could play right on the nose, unless they put Joby there. Uh, which is always possible too if they shift some things around. So uh, I wouldn't rule out maybe a defensive lineman, uh, Jalen Hyatt, another wide receiver. I just I don't see them adding a wide receiver based on everything. Miles Boykin was just re-signed. It seems like the room is rather crowded. End uh, of an era. The Robinson, yeah. I see them adding one late. Seventh rounder, seventh rounder, but might be a Maybe practice fifth bucket. or sixth. I think Jaden Reed. Keep your keep your eyes peeled for Jaden Reed. They got to get a fifth or a sixth round pick or a fourth round pick, <laughs> like any of they those will. rounds. I think they, they will. will too. I so by hook or by crook, they'll find a way to get back in there. This is the, this is Omar Con, Omar freaking Khan we're talking about here, right? So uh, Trenton Simpson, you had mentioned Sam Laporta, Hendon Hooker, Keely Ringo, John Michael Schmitz. And uh, uh, the UCLA running back. I'm too tired to try and figure out his name. So that's among some of them. There's, of course, Jonathan Mingo, Matt Bergeron, Dewan Jones, Tyreek Stevenson, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs. Josh Downs. Josh Downs. We were talking about that. DJ Turner. I like Drew, him too. Drew Sanders and um, uh, Dion uh, Henley. There are some of the names that are in there to me. Oh, and of course, Nate Herbig's brother, another linebacker, Nick Herbig. If you want to talk about the family bloodlines and ties, may as well throw him in there since big brother is already signed with the Steelers during the off season. So gentlemen, any closing thoughts? It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that can happen tomorrow. They're going to get they're going to get a good player, a second good player. They're going to get a third good player tomorrow. Um and you know maybe even a fourth. It'll be interesting to see uh how it plays out. It's it's just, you know, un un unknown territory for us, man. There's someone still we got a couple other names that have been thrown in here. Yeah, I didn't go all the way down the whole list. Would you say? Did you say Jaden Reed earlier? Was that who it was? Yeah, uh, yeah Jaden Reed State. was a top thirty visit. Yeah. Jaden Reed and Charlie Jones. If they're going to take a receiver late, I think it'll be Jaden Reed or Charlie Jones because they yeah. were top thirty visits and they just they just fit the Steelers' mo. Getting a, getting a receiver late, you never know. But I don't think they would take you know Mingo now or some guy. Jalen Hyatt would be super fun, but I don't think they're going to take a guy this high now. Um, even though I would love it as a receiver fan. I think their priorities lie elsewhere, yeah. which I agree with. Dar Darius Rush was a visitor too, corner out of South Carolina. Someone's mentioning Siaki. Like, uh, I think Luke Sanders is a good player too, the linebacker. Right? He's kind of a low-key name. I, I, Trenton, Trenton Simpson is a guy I like from Clemson, but if, if they're looking to add a linebacker, both of those guys being still available, Simpson and Sanders, Saunders, Sanders, 
Um, I think they have interest in both guys slightly. So there are possibilities kid, kid in the rounds. Tulane too, um, but not Dorian Williams. This, yeah, Dorian Williams, but not this high. Um, no, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I was thinking that one, guy here, but I don't know where he's going to play. Not in Yeah. Yep. Hey guys, thanks. Late night. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here live. Thank you to everyone who may be listening or watching to this on a replay. We're going to be back at it again live tomorrow night following day two of the NFL draft, which I believe begins as a beginning hour earlier tomorrow. Seven. Because, yeah, because yep. you've Seven. got two rounds of action, which is going to be going a little bit faster. And you want to be there 7 Eastern right in front of your television, wherever you may be, because the Steelers. Should be on the clock, but I bet you their phones are working all night here. They're going to be, there's going to be some interest. There's going to be some talking, but if they move back here, <laughs> if they're looking corner, that might be a little risky as we uh, said with uh, having the, what the Cardinals lions. Yeah. Cardinals and lions both right behind them. So I wouldn't even rule out maybe the Colts and that Colts need all kinds of help at this point. And, it's a premier position, brother. Or it's yeah. a premier position, brother. Brother. Brother, we're doing the Hulk Hogan talk now. So, Joey, yeah, brother. Joey Porter or bust? <laughs> I don't know. I'd take Brian Branch. That's fine with me, too. Folks, I'll do it for us. These fine gentlemen next to me, Mr. Brian E. Roach, uh, well past his bedtime. He may have gotten a nap earlier. One, Zach Flash Celedonia. And I saw you shaking your head over there, Brian. The three panels, we'll see if we've got another trifecta again tomorrow. We don't want to call it a three-way because they serve those in Cincinnati. Where was your mind at? They were in the gutter. That was in the gutter, Brian, in the gutter. Fully. I didn't say anything. I said break. it before the. I said it before we started recording. And by <laughs> the way, too. if you're going to go and get Cincinnati chili, you get a five-way. You don't get a three-way. That's for wimps. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't do the other stuff. I don't. You're lucky I do the Man. chili. I'm quite the picky Man. eater. You're lucky I, lucky, lucky, <laughs> lucky I even partake. Hey, that's. And the you put the hot sauce on. Mm, Five that... way with the hot sauce. That's what okay. you do. My I got, I got a rare two percenter uh, piece of commentary here because Family Feud was playing on the television on ABC, local ABC, before the draft kicked off at eight, right? And Steve Harvey, they're doing the final, you know, whatever they call it. It's not Showcase Showdown because that's a whole other game show. But, you know, you got to do whatever the survey says. Out of 100 people, they said this. And they're doing, like, the lightning thing where you got one guy that comes up and then the other part person on the team comes up and they rattle off the thing and you can't repeat the same answer. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot do you like your hot sauce? And then one guy's like, 8. And like, eh, eh. he already said that. He was like, I was going to say 8. 9. 9. And it was like six people and nine people. And those are just totally random numbers, by the way. Out of 100 said that, you're like, most popular answer, one. <laughs> and they start laughing. They're like, the audience, the audience here tonight, does not, the survey, they do not want hot sauce at all. So <laughs> I, I just bought two bottles of The Last Dab from Hot Ones, the wing show that's on YouTube. Nice. Uh, Six million on the Scoville range or something <laughs> like yeah. that. Nah, I'm sorry. I don't do that. I like, sir, I like to have my taste buds. I like to be able to ah. like my food. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need it to like strike me like COVID where I can't taste anything. And then I'm sweating out of every pore in my anus. 
<laughs> I don't so. look. So why you got to go there? Sweating out of your anus. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for us, folks. What a quote to leave everyone off on. Thank you, everyone. Get some uh, get some rest. You can tell Sleep. we're tired. We're goofy. Thank you for joining us live once again. My name's Joe Kuzma, joined by Brian E. Roach and Zach Celedonia. As we do each and every time on this show, we encourage... Some direction. I don't know where that is. Yeah, thing. something over there. There's pens flying everywhere usually, too. We encourage everyone out there to... Be safe, be good, and we will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.